I'm so upset. It wasn't recording. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's do this again. Deep breath. Do I look fat? All right. Hey, guys, this is the Do I Look Fat podcast. This is your girl, Steffi Kiss. This week, I am joined by a fellow Bronxite entrepreneur and awesome mama, Stephanie from One Blue Heart at a Time. Hey, boo. How are you? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Steffi. Not only do we have so many things in common, but we also have the same name. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's crazy. Um, To add to the list. (laughs) so 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 many things um so we've been talking for a while now I've I've taken a lot of your time and I know you have a busy day but it's okay Okay. it's okay we're here to talk and we're here to provide information for our listeners right tell my listeners what your organization one blue heart at a time is one blue heart is a nonprofit organization advocating for children with autism. We are based in the Bronx and pretty much one blue heart at a time. It's something that I started to build a legacy for my son and it has become something so much bigger. I have influenced and supported so many moms and dads and they have done so much for me as well. And one blue heart at a time goal is to not only spread awareness, but to also um, inclusion. We want our children to be able to have a social life, places that welcome them, places that cater to their needs. And with One Blue Heart at a Time, what we're showing is that our kids could go to Six Flags, could go to um, Sesame Place, um, could be swimmers, could play basketball, could do baseball, Mm -hmm. um, could do all these things on a scale of you know, um, their, their limitations. Right. Right. So one blue heart at a time on a bigger scale wants to become like a boys and girls club for children on the spectrum, which Mm -hmm. doesn't exist. Right. Like you had said earlier, Steffi, there are places that do provide, um, services, um, activities, social activities for children, but it's usually two times a week Mm -hmm. and are very expensive and very far. So that's the mission of one blue heart at a time, one blue heart at a time is mission is to have inclusive programs for children, social activities, programs for children. Because all pretty much they give our children is speech, OT. There's mm-hmm. nothing fun for them to do. At and all. autistic people are humans, right? The same mm-hmm. way you need a break and you need cocktail night with your friends. Our kids need a day of swimming. Our kids need a day exactly. of, you know, doing certain things. And, and it all falls in together. And I think that you know, as my son grew older, I saw the lack of programs for, for that. And that's mm-hmm. why I started One Blue Heart at a Time. Another reason why. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they fall off the map too, right? Yes. Like as they once get older, they turned yes. like 12 years old, there's nothing else for them or at there's least nothing, nothing really stimulating. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've actually seen any of these like respite programs, but they're really just there on their iPad. Like yeah. the same thing they would be doing if they were home. They're terrible locations, terrible mm-hmm. buildings. It's like literally, you know, a nail salon looks better than that than that right. place. There's nothing there. There's not like a, you know, sensory gym for them to work mm-hmm. out. There's no treadmill. There's no nothing, not even like a nice backyard. And right. to me, like, it's sad, you know, and, and our children are, are, it's really sad. 
It's mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. I've followed your organization for quite some time. You know, we're from like the same areas. We've grew up in like the Thank same you. circles and things like that. So I've been following you for quite a while. You've been a great resource for me. So when you actually posted the swim program reach, I was ecstatic. Like Ethan loves to swim. Swimming is his thing. It's his passion. I really feel like I really feel like Ethan. That's that's what's going to take him where he needs to go. You know how people feel like academically like, oh, like my kid is going to get like whatever. I feel like swim could be his thing. Like he really loves it. Yeah. Yeah. And when Same you thing posted I it, I was very yep. excited. Yeah, I was very much excited. And it's like to have something, you see your friends and you see their kids and you see them, you know, going to baseball games, you see them going to basketball games, you see them doing this and you see them doing that. And you're just like, you you feel like you're not a part like of it. Like your kid is messing out. Forget yeah. that. I mean, for me, it's like, mm-hmm. forget me being a part of it. Like, I feel like my son is missing out on so many right. more things. Like. I, I say often, and I, and I got criticized for this, uh, you know, and and that's okay. When you put your life publicly, people right. are gonna people are gonna have their opinion. I don't expect everyone to agree with me, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna stick to my like. I live with a broken heart, you know. I, I autism is fucked up. Yeah. I could sit here and tell you all these great things, but it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up that my son has it, and I'm very angry about it. And I was very angry with God for a long time, right? I, I, you know, I forgive him, but yeah. you know what no. I'm saying? This I is real life. And it's real shit, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I question my faith, you know, a lot. Like, why this? Why my son? He's so, like, you know, everything. And, and when I knew I was going to have a boy, I had that envision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be such a sports mom. I'm going to be this. And my life switched. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay right. with my reality. I'm at peace with it. And I'm making the best that I can for him. And once I reached that milestone and, and I started One Blue Heart at a time, it's like, it's such a reward to be mm-hmm. able to have moms like you and other moms. It's like, yo, I was so depressed and you posted this. And I'm like, you know what? I got to get up and get my shit together. And yeah. that's what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? It takes a village. Definitely. Because th- we don't, there's no blueprint for us. <laughs> when when I became, when Ethan was diagnosed, he was about two and a half going on three. And I'm sure you can relate. You know, we've spoken about this already because of technical issues. But um, when he was diagnosed that many years, it's going on 10 years. Nobody was talking about autism like that. And if they did, it was like what you saw on TV. So it was a kid that didn't leave the house. It was a kid that was put into like a, like a, a respite to, I know now it's called respite, but like, a you know, like a home or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are things that you saw on TV. We didn't talk about it. It wasn't, it wasn't as popular quote unquote as it is now. And you just, it was heartbreaking. Like you said, it was heartbreaking. I had a whole, my sister had started a blog a while ago and she had wanted me to write an excerpt for it. And it was literally like, I um, compared me finding out about Ethan's diagnosis to the five stages of grief. So mm. like, girl. That's powerful. Because I really felt like I I posted something like that the other day. Someone, some mom wrote like, you know, having a kid with diagnosis is like grieving mm-hmm. and it is. Mm-hmm. So funny you mentioned that. Yeah, because you're, you're grieving almost the, the child that you had thought or the life that you thought you were going to have. You yeah. know, the blueprint that you set for yourself when you were 
10, 11 years old. Like, you've been thinking this way, conditioned to think this way for so long. And once that's yanked from you, and you still have to acclimate to your child's needs now. So it's not like it was... And not to say that, you know, your kid being yanked from you is easier than having an autism kid. I'm not saying that. But to have to deal with the grief and also have to do what's best for your kid and not have to... Whew, I'm getting hot just thinking about it. And not have to think about hating yourself for not doing too much because maybe you were grieving and having to forgive yourself and blaming yourself and for the diagnosis and period. <laughs> yeah. And the list goes on, you know, of things that you could do. I am very hard on myself. Even with one blue heart at a time, I always feel like mm -hmm. I'm not giving enough. Like I should have had more scholarships. I should have posted more. I should have done mm -hmm. more lives. Like, you know, and, and I'm a one person team now, you right. know, and I have other businesses and I have other stuff going on. But um, I understand completely what you're saying. I think about things like, and it has such a happy pregnancy, right? I was mm -hmm. so freaking happy, right? And then, you know, I grieved. I lost his father when he turned two. Mm. Um, his father passed away. And yeah, then, thank you, a year later, Sebastian gets diagnosed. So that stage of my life. And then two years later, I come into the nightlife. And then mm -hmm. Instagram happens and Twitter. And I'm supposed to be like this eye candy girl who has like this perfect life. Mind you, I'm coming from work at 530 in the morning to take a two-hour shower so I don't fall asleep so this kid could be in the bus for me to then argue with a bus driver that I don't like how he looked at my kid because it, oh, I was boy. so angry. <laughs> Yeah. I was so angry. You and they make it the... so easy for you to go off. Oh, oh, and forget about being okay. Pick up at 7.15 and I'm still outside to 8, 7.45 with a child who's newly diagnosed mm -hmm. and I couldn't. So then now goes the cab situation, right? Because I wasn't driving at that time. Now was that, right? Um, because even if I was driving, I wasn't going to drive at that time from work. I could have fallen asleep on the wheel. You know right. what I mean? Like, whatever. So, um, you know, moving forward, it was hard. And I tell a lot of my followers now, like, before I was before I was public about it, nobody knew but my closest mm -hmm. friends and my mom and my sister, obviously. Right. But no one knew. And it wasn't because I was ashamed of it. It's because I wanted my son to have a fair chance of not losing his identity behind his condition. Right. I didn't want people to just meet Sebastian and be like, oh, he's autistic. No, his right. name is Sebastian. He's a little boy and he has autism, mm -hmm. right? So He's not autistic. He's not autism. He just has it. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's all those things that you're talking about. And yes, I was sad. I was this, but you know, I had to keep pushing. I had so much great support from from my mentors in the nightlife, I got to call them that because they train me to be, you know, for people still wanting me to run their business and do different things. That's a whole different conversation. But right. they were so supportive of me. And even when I was wilding out and arguing with girls, I was just mad. Hurt people, mm -hmm. hurt people, you know? Mm -hmm. I was mad. And, and, and because they never gave up on me and they knew what I was going through, I was able to do the reach right i was able to make the ip meetings i was able because my schedule was the nightlife so right for like and we're gonna well, get into all of that stephanie we're gonna yeah. get into all of that okay so before we get into because that's a whole topic within itself that i want to dive into right so before really? we do that yes girl <laughs> yes okay um so i want you to give someone with a new diagnosis, right? Their child is newly diagnosed. What tips would you give them to get through it? Doesn't have to be resources specifically. It can be mentally, emotionally, anything having to do with family. What tips would you give? 
to get through it, I don't really have a specific tip because you're going to have different challenges throughout mm-hmm. the rest of your life. What I could tell you is it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry, you know, if you need to. But you need to put your bigger panties on or your big boy um, boxes on, right? <laughs> um, and you have to step up and you have to be strong. You have to, whatever it is that that helps you cope, whether it's writing in a journal, whether it's meditating, um, if your family is not, anybody who is not accepting of this new diagnosis and anybody that does not bring something positive, I don't care who they are, cut them out of your life completely. Mm -hmm. Your child feeds into your energy. When you are on ease, they're going to be on ease, especially if your child is nonverbal. He goes by energy. Also, for my newly diagnosed moms, try to keep a record. I'm a writer. I have like 75 different journals for different things. Um, It's crazy. Same. Um, I have to write (laughs) things down for them to be real, right? In my brain, that's how I process it, right? I always say that everyone has like a little bit of autism in them. So for me to process it, I have to. So I want you, which is something I wish I did um, when Sebastian started showing the signs of delay on Start monitoring what your child ate that day, the type of lighting you had, what deter- if you change your detergent in their clothes, what's triggering their stronger senses to make them um, to make them have to trigger them to have a meltdown. Right. And you start and you will find little, little, little things like what we will think, especially new diagnosed mom, where you think, oh, no, he's just being like malcriado. Mm-hmm. That means like spoiled or whatever. Right. No, he's not or she is not. Mm-hmm. So if you could start like that's before even dealing with the therapy and everything. This is just from home. If yeah. you could start figuring out what that is, it will start. You could start eliminating things that will trigger him into him learning how to adapt to those situations in real life. Because mm-hmm. one thing with my son was that I was like, I cannot condition him to not adapt to real life because my son will right. be an adult. And unfortunately, one day I'm going to be old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, can, yeah, I no, have to. That's a thing. Not being around for your kid. I don't know about you, but that's that's a fear of mine. I had read something on some board, some autism board or something. And it was like, um, my worst fear is dying and my kid not and not having me around like that is crazy yeah like my that's my worst fear but also this is why I go so hard more than I do academically and don't this is I'm not telling you not to focus on academics for your child I have to Mm -hmm. say for legal reasons that's not what I'm advising you but for me right now where Sebastian is at not when he was newly diagnosed but at 14 is important for my son to know how to dress himself take a proper shower how to live and his life. hygiene, right? And I'm teaching him little things, how to prep little meals and understand when he's hungry, what to do, what not to, you understand? Mm-hmm. So those are my goals right now. And that's why I said when you, your question was, how do they like overcome it? Was it that you asked me or something right. like that? You never overcome Get it. Get through because it, right. Every, every age group is a different challenge. It's a different adjustment mm-hmm. because they their condition is not what normal life is set up for us to be like the nine to five, the work, the this, their brain is not, it's not prepared for that. We have to do that. We Mm -hmm. have to kind of make, you know, life efficient for them. Exactly. In their own brain. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's what the the goal is, is for them to live life, 
right? For for me right now, it's for him to have a day-to-day, a routine, for him to know how to be as independent as he possibly yes. can be, yes. right? Yes. Because, you know, he was diagnosed with this. I know there are some limitations, right? There's always going to be some sort of limitations. I just want to get him to the point where he's comfortable and able to do things himself, you know what I'm yes. saying? And yes. that's where I am now. And I and I was on another podcast recently and she asked me, she's obviously someone who doesn't have any kids with autism. She doesn't even know any kids like, you know, for real oh, wow. with autism. Right. So she was like, tell me, like, what is it for you? And I said, here's the thing with kids with autism. Everyone's situation is different. There's no my as much as our situations may sound alike, it's only because we're dealing with so many external things that are the same. PT, OT, schools, society, all of that is the same. But you and your kid, what happens in your home is different for everybody. And you have to really um, my tip would be to not compare your kid to anyone. There's a reason why it's a puzzle piece, right? It's because it's the only one. It's literally the only one that fits in that spot, right? So your kid is the only one. And, you know, to go back into school, and again, I agree with you 100%. School is not my priority. Reading, math, and arithmetic, or whatever it is, reading, writing, arithmetic is not my focus with him. Yeah, I want him to know the letters, numbers, the basic shit. But as far as, like, science and and world history and all, I'm not, I I don't care, I don't care. I need him to focus on getting his thoughts out. I need him to focus on comprehension. Yes, I need him to know like money and things like that. Can we focus on that stuff? Because I feel like because they see he's 11, Bash is 14, they're like, oh, well, it's time for us to introduce more academically challenging things. But it's like we, we still haven't really mastered this stuff yet. So how about we just stay over here? For a little yeah. while. So to get back to what I was saying on the podcast, to me, Ethan's autism journey is really a delay. I look mm. at him now and I see him. He's growing. He's taller than me. He's a grown man. Right. But I see him learning wise and just the way he I talk to him and he understands me now is that of someone who is or a child who is like five, six years old? You know, when like you sit them down and they look at you and, and they're like, oh, shit, like I know what you're saying. Like, I get it. I didn't get that before. It's like when you talk to a toddler and you're like, hey, how was your day today? And they're like, you know, like, but it's because and because he was so big, people would just think he's toned out, zoned out completely. But it's that there's so much going on he might have a delay in processing i I don't know what the science is but to me looking at my kid this is what i see right and yesterday (laughs) because i had mentioned to you today i'm busy right i was late i had technical issues like it was a crazy day for me today right so i sat him down yesterday when he got home from his dad's house and i was like listen tomorrow we're doing this we have swim we're going to see florencio at reach swim today we have swim then Titi's gonna come over she's gonna take your pictures and i have to do your hair and tomorrow we're going to the park and we're doing and i literally sat there and told him everything listed it and he literally looked at me the entire time and understood what i was saying and wow girl I literally, at the great. end of it, I was like misty-eyed. Like, I just, I couldn't believe yeah. that 
he was literally understanding taking that information saying. in and processing it yeah and it's, it's, and, and it's like gets, it's only and and it's only going to get better as they mm-hmm. get older because you're doing the right thing right you're you're doing um you're setting up a schedule for him you're setting up goals and you have him in a routine he's he's exercising cuz he's swimming once mm-hmm. a week he's releasing all that energy that he can process you know and you're setting up goals for him his priorities that that adjust to your lifestyle right um, that you know that he needs to do, like, you know, transitioning to Florida, doing all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I condone you're doing a great job. And then, like you, you said, um, every every child is different. Like for Sebastian, to compare to this point, it's mm-hmm. like I can't tell him no more than three, te- three things at a time mm-hmm. because it might trigger him to be like, like, you know. Right. Um, but... If he knows, like, as soon as, you know, he knows when we're getting dressed, he knows, you know, I'm on the go. So he's always with me. Um, But if I was to tell Sebastian, like, okay, today we're doing swimming. Once I'm getting him ready for swimming, then I'll be like, after this, we're going to go to the restaurant. So, like, to go to her point, even though our sons are so similar, love the water, right? Come from Mm -hmm. a single mom household. You know, our sisters are, like, their second moms. Like, you (laughs) know, we have almost the same support system, like she said things are processed different for each child. And that's when going back to also what you said, we have no blueprint because it's not like, okay, this is how we treat it because this is the statistic. There cannot be no statistic on what mm-hmm. worked for what child because all of them are different. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's definitely. And it's great that one blue heart at a time, just to go back to your organization, because I really want to stress guys, you know, a lot of my listeners are in New York. So I really want to stress this organization because it is a great one okay thank you, um, thank you. No, it's amazing because mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier and i don't know if this caught on this recording but a lot of kids on the spectrum are overweight they don't have any resources to exercise or if they burn do, that energy th- yeah. there's nothing especially living in the city because where everything has to be organized right like yeah you can take your kids to the park yeah you can do this and do that you can, yes, but also what are you doing when you're getting there? You know, are you doing things that are good for your kid? Because my son, he has problems walking sometimes. He toe walks, right? So cer- certain things, which is why swimming is amazing for him because he doesn't have to worry about that. And, you know, so you in New York, there's no pools. Like, if I didn't find reach... And the parks are closed <laughs> nine months out of, out of the year. Like... <laughs> You have to have a, a, a membership. And then these pools, they're, they're so loud because everything is enclosed. So Ethan has a sensory with with um hearing, too. For his 10th birthday, he loves the water, right? I never threw... I only threw him his first birthday party and then his 10th birthday party. All of those other ones, I wasn't throwing you him parties away. because he didn't like it. He didn't like yeah. going to other people's saw- parties. Why am I throw him up? And people, I don't think a lot of my friends understood that growing up because things mm-hmm. that I would do, it would just be me and him. Because mm-hmm. if he's not going to have fun, yeah, why and am I going to? Okay. And it's that's okay. And that's another tip for new diagnosed mom. It's okay to reject. It's not okay to bring your child to a place that's going to make him uncomfortable. It's okay yes. to say, no, we can make it or to leave mm-hmm. him behind. There's many a birthday party Sebastian didn't go through. Mm-hmm. Go to a little bouncy house in a hole and loud music. No, that how he's used to the loud music already because my mom right. is sure of that. But you know <laughs> what I mean? But um, everything else. Everything else. Yeah. 
he he couldn't do that. So, you know, I was still show sure, like if it was a close, I would go, but I wouldn't go with Bash. And it was mm-hmm. because of that. Now, if you're doing something at a jumpy house or something like, you know, whatever it's called, Bounce or whatever, Bounce You or something like mm-hmm, that, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll go to that because he'll be in his own little world. And, you know, yeah. Right. Right. But that probably came with age, too. I'm sure when he was little. <laughs> oh, no. And that's the thing. No. Like, parents, don't don't limit your kids just because because this is something I had to learn. Right. I had to realize that he's able to endure more now that he's older because I am protective. I'm like, no, he doesn't like the sounds. We're not going anywhere. Like, I'm not doing it. He's just going to be upset and it might mess up the whole week for him. You know what I'm saying? That one experience can mess up a whole week of of Mm -hmm. of his behavior. And um, now I have to realize that I can introduce things little by little. Yes, because. He does want, I see him now, he goes to the park and he's looking at kids. He's not talking to them, obviously, because he's nonverbal. He's not really trying to play with them, but I see him noticing them now. And that's something that he wasn't doing before. You know what was one of the hardest things, like when kids would come up to me, like, why he's not playing with me? Why he doesn't want to talk to me? And I'll be like, he is. (laughs) You just have to do like this, right? How many, okay, this might be a hot take. Stephanie, but how many times did you want to like punch a little kid in their face? <laughs> Sometimes a lot. Like I'll be them like, why are you looking at? Like, don't look at him. But you know, I keep, you know, it's the bad which I hate to say this too. Like, you know, he doesn't have a visible disability, right? Right. So when when he was a lot bigger, let's say eight, and maybe he was still acting like a three, four year old and he mm-hmm. didn't want to do the big kid toys yet. And right. he'll be in the little one, the little girls, you know, wanted to be like oh, you know, why he's not talking to me? And I'm like, oh, because you just have to show him and point what he wants to do because he doesn't, he he has limited speech is what mm-hmm. I was saying. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, okay. And then they'll be like, look, swing. And they'll take him, you know, kids, if they're being... Um, if they're taught the right they, thing, if they're if they're being raised in a household that it's not a household that's raising them with hate, mm-hmm. they will be nice about it, you know. But it, with a child that's that's bullying or mean, that comes from the parents, a hundred and ten percent, or the mm-hmm. environment they're in. Um, but I do want to say that I did have, um, I was getting emotional talking about this. I put him in summer camp for the YMCA in Castle Hill, mm-hmm. and they have it's it's expensive. Yeah. They have a swimming, the swimming program is expensive because they swim twice a day in the morning to start their day and right before the end, right? Okay. But it's an inclusive program and it's kids on the spectrum and on the spectrum. And I was terrified. I was like, I was like, I don't know what to do. Even the day that I got there, I was so they, they for me to feel comfortable because I was like shaking. I was like, I don't want these kids to be mean to my son. Like right. who's going to help him change clothes when he's wet? Like, I don't want them to like look at his body parts and be mean. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't want to, they're like, miss, you need to come down you're doing a lot right now and here's a one-to-one for him and he did great Mm -hmm. he did so good and it was an eight-hour program of you know he didn't win the games or the challenges or whatever but he participated and it was great so also don't be afraid to let go a little bit because sometimes we hold them we hold them you know but Mm -hmm. that was a great experience that I had Definitely. Ethan, um, he, we usually do the YMCA, the 92nd Street Y. So it's not the YMCA, mm. it's the 92nd Street Y. They have um, a very good program for kids on the spectrum. He's been in it since he was five. This is going to be his last summer because he ages out 
at 12. So it actually works out that we're leaving. So because I love yeah. this. I love this program. It's just very expensive. They do offer scholarship programs as well. Um, you have to apply like six months in advance, which I always forget. Right. At least, yeah, mm-hmm. at least, at least six months. Usually it's a year. I, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, there's an interview process and all that to make sure that he'll, um, he fits the program, which is another thing because there's, there's so many programs that they say are for kids on the spectrum and for, yes, they are, but a kid on the spectrum, high functioning and a kid who is not are two very different things. And just because they're servicing high functioning kids only you should definitely i feel like you should definitely say that before we go to open houses before we take time off to go anywhere because listen i was working full-time which is why i want to get into your work life too because it was so different but um all of these programs they say and even schools charter schools like when i'm looking for all of these alternates when i was looking for all of these alternate schools for ethan here they were like oh this charter school takes kids on the spectrum this charter school Girl, None of them are from my kid. None of them. None. Yeah. It, That's it's, I had to sue the board of ed. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. And 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 before we leave, I want to say for also for newly diagnosed because I feel like that's the hardest stage, right? Whoever is going to listen to this, and you can always DM me and ask me any questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought. I I want you ladies to know that um. It gets better, but not only does it get better when it comes to these schools. Um, you had again, mentioned exaggerating, settle. exaggerating your yeah. Don't kids settle. I had like a settle. great thought, and I just lost it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't settle. You know, make sure you read your IEP goods. Don't settle for programs. Don't settle for um, people that are not accurate. Uh, you know, adequate to teach your children, um, and make sure that. Um, you know, you get your child in the right placement at the right age. The earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. Early intervention really is very important. And get the most that you can. You know, don't be afraid to just... I didn't let him officially get diagnosed he was like five or six. And I mm-hmm. wish I would have done it at three. Like, I wish when he started showing the delays. Because he did all his milestones until the age of three. Right. So, in my opinion, I feel my son had a reaction to a vaccine. Or maybe right. the autism was just taking a little time to show. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Right. Um, we'll never know, but I, I really wish he would have gotten more of it. Okay, so Bash didn't didn't do early intervention because Ethan was in school since he was about three years old. Ethan's he did in early intervention. I just let them. Um, I just let them do speech as a delayed in speech. So I didn't oh. let them diagnose him with autism where he was getting everything else. So I just had like a speech therapy. For okay, because I'm just the only reason I'm asking is because what they told me was that they couldn't diagnose Ethan with autism until he was five. That's what they told mm. me. Mm. So I don't know if they were just trying not to give me everything that they were supposed to be. Giving Maybe me. Be, I think you might be right in certain cases. Again, it all depends on who you get and who True. wants to do the paperwork, you know. But mm-hmm. if our our children show a little bit because if you he gets diagnosed with autism, the state's paying a lot more for him at an earlier mm-hmm. age. And some boys are delayed, do speak later than thing. But if they see him walking, if he's already potty trained, if he's doing certain, you know, functions, then they'll be like, okay, maybe right. it's just delayed. Let's start with speech first. The person I got was like, okay, I really see an eye disconnection and all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, no, wait, you people love to put labels on kids. That was my oh, experience. Oh, okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. So your your tip would be to just 
to just go back to what you had said before, before the recording had officially started. But um, you had said to basically, if they say something is wrong, run with it to get the services because it's better to get more services and take it back than to try to request more services as time goes on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly I, what I'm trying to say. Like, mm-hmm. um, make sure you get help with your IEP. Make sure you reread it. Don't be afraid to, you know, um, have them rewrite it. Take your time waiting for the right program. Go visit these places. Make sure you ask if you could come and observe a class before your kid walks in there, especially mm-hmm. if they're not no verbal. Make yes. sure that if you could say that you could have a 30-minute talk with whoever's going to be his one-to-one, mm-hmm. you know, to explain the needs, label everything, pack everything. And most importantly, any complaint and anything, make sure it's in an email because when it comes down to it, yes. they're never going to admit to doing nothing. At all. Hey guys, if you have been thinking about starting a podcast or your current podcast needs a little help, I have the solution for you. Today's show is brought to you by Idea to Launch Academy, the only multicultural podcast academy that to date has helped launch over 500 podcasts. Anyone can launch a podcast, but it takes work and a solid foundation to have a profitable and successful podcast that stands out from the rest. You can Google how to start a podcast and publish it, but then who's going to listen? When I started my podcast journey a little bit over a year ago, the best decision I made was to actually enroll in the Idea to Launch Academy. It provided me with not only all of the tools I needed to successfully upload my podcast to these streaming services, but Carla also helped me narrow down my niche. She helped me with my artwork during our consultation call. It was just, I needed an editing eye, right? This is my first time doing anything like this. And enrolling in Idea to Launch was the best decision I made. And who's Carla, you ask? Carla Wilmaris, the CEO and founder of Idea to Launch, has put together a course that will help you take your podcast from Idea to launch in 30 days with her five-phase formula that helped her reach over 100,000 downloads in less than a year without a social media presence or any tech background. In the course, you learn how to come up and refine your podcast topic, artwork, recording, editing, marketing, and so much more. Also, when you are a part of the course, you become part of a community of podcasters that all help and inspire each other. I'm one of them, guys. So if you ever need any help, you can reach out to me for sure. Use the link in the description to enroll in the Launch Your Podcast in 30 Days 2.0. Let them know I sent you and get the Instagram 101 crash course for free. Enrollment is now open. at all all make sure everything is in writing and just to give my listeners a little background because we keep on saying IEP that is an individualized education program so it's basically what it's basically a plan that your son your your son your child gets evaluated and they let them know well he needs these services these are his goals and things like that that he has to that they plan on reaching so it's individualized because every kid is different and and with that being said, they don't look when you go submit or apply to a program for your child, they don't look at your child first. Mm-mm. They first look at the IEP. And also, I didn't know this to like literally two years ago. You don't have to do 
yearly IEPs. You could break them down three months, six months, do really? short-term goals. Yes. You could request your school that you want to revisit the goals every three months and mm -hmm. say, okay, you know what? We have three months working on this. Have we progressed 10%, 15%, 75%? We're not. What do we need to redo to reteach this goal? What's mm -hmm. happening that we're not progressing? Even if you progress 5%, 10%, you know, small things for autism parents, it's huge, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But if he's stuck at the same thing and you've been working on this for three months, this is where you say, I want to re reevaluate what we did and how let's change the way we're teaching this goal. And mm -hmm. I just learned that because why do you have to wait for a whole year for you to see, okay, he didn't complete this goal. This is what we did and he just didn't do it. Really? So you taught him for 12 months and you didn't see no progress. Right. So I just learned that. Like you could have three to six months retouch your IP and be like, okay, so in all the work and the homework, especially now that everything is virtual, that's mm -hmm. one of the good, good tips on it. You can monitor what grades they're giving him. What are they doing? You listen to how You're these there. people are teaching their kids, right? You see how much they're putting in mm -hmm. and you know, it's been a gift and a curse because I'm like there, I'm like, okay, so it's from 12 to 1230. You're ended at you know 10 minutes earlier why right yeah oh, you know put oh, yeah. him a video you know what i mean do something but finish at 12 30 mm -hmm. but that, you know and, so and don't be scared tips. don't be scared to fight for what you want on the iep as well um even has you know he has a lot of sen sensory issues so writing was a big like it was hard for him he doesn't like to put pressure on the paper even holding the pencil like it was difficult for him but he can text and he can type and he can. So I told his teachers, I said, listen, if you want to give him more, um, you know, difficult and challenging work, me fighting with him with a pencil is not going to be it because we're going to spend more time with me, you know, getting him to put pressure on the paper or trying to trace a line. But if you want him to answer math questions, I suggest we do it typing and get some type mm -hmm. of device because he can do it that way. You want to see how did. well he can do. Yeah. And now that's part of his Amazing. IEP where, okay, yes, we, we're not really focusing. So, cause on his IEP was literally focusing on writing. And I'm like, okay, we need to get this out of here because that's not, that's not a goal for me. It's not a goal. And you have to be realistic with your goals for your kid. Yes. Let me give you an advice. Have you tried the pencil for the, the, the pen for the iPad? He doesn't like it's holding. It's even just holding oh. it is a problem mm, he so he can trace it and all of that like on an with iPad his finger with his yeah, finger yeah, yeah. it's literally just Got holding it. the pencil okay okay yeah it's fine so you found a way for it to make it work though i mean everything people are rarely right now anyway everything yeah. is virt and this is and like you said is a gift and the curse and just to get into what i wanted to talk about with you know career wise and work wise and being an autism mom right um the 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 covid basically forced me to quit my job i have been working full-time since i was 19 years old you know wow. nine to five monday through friday and if you know and i'm sure you do all the programs all of the therapies all of everything is during business hours so if i'm not home anything having to do with the schools any lectures anything any any meetings it's always 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, two o'clock mm -hmm. on a Thursday. I couldn't do that. And that was very mm -hmm. difficult for me. And I feel like, and this is me, you know, looking back and we've mentioned this time and time again, blaming myself, like, should I have quit my job? Because 
I quit my job in August. It is now May. Ethan has improved so much in those. Mm. It's not even a year. And, you know, could it be that he's also older and able to grasp concepts better? And, you know, maybe I was supposed to quit at this time because now is when he needs me. You know what I'm saying? But also, too, let's think about the comfort of him learning from home. Mm -hmm. That could have been it, too. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been it, too. So there's ahead. there's so many things. Um, so I just wanted to talk because you had a different experience from me. You know, you work the nightlife, right? How was that for you? And, you know, waking up and having to go to the school and, and dealing with, like you said, the bus drivers or the teachers and the It aides. was emotionally draining. Um, it wasn't any easier. I was in a no sleep. I was triggered. I was at school and another, my one-to-one is my respite from that school. I used to be like, girl, when you used to walk in there, we used to hate her. Here comes this one with her big butt and her see-through ties and still her <laughs> mascara from last night. Yes, the fuck. Yes. So where is Ms. Uh, Umbrano? Where is she? Because we got to talk. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. And I was just so, yo, Steph, I was so angry. I think about it now because now it's like, okay, all right, so let's sit down. How could we work this? Oh, it was awful. Um, it was emotionally draining, but my schedules did help me show up for him, mm-hmm. right? My schedules did help me to be more, you know, Janice was a lot younger. That's my sister. Mm-hmm. And my mom, you know, she's my mom. She still at that time was giving him fish oil, mm-hmm. um, forcing fish oil on him. She said, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to yeah, get yeah. better. Um, so, you know, it was just me. You know, I told you his dad passed away. So. I I, ha- I didn't have no option, but because of my job, I was able to be at every meeting and, and to be more hands-on. But by the time that six o'clock came, I was exhausted for him. Right. So that balance of maybe you having more of a patience, you know, mm-hmm. because you were getting certain amount of sleep, I didn't have that for him. And yeah. we were both suffering through that right Mm -hmm. and on top of that I just didn't work like a a regular nightlife job at that time I was having like this whole where I was hosting in Miami I was doing this I was doing that and I had to keep this you know get my makeup every night and deal with customers and and have this thing and sometimes I was broken inside Mm -hmm. you know I feel like I still am so it was difficult it was a difficult stage for me but because of the people that I was blessed, you know, to work for. They were very understanding with me. They never fired me. They understood when sometimes I would get there at 11 o'clock because I had to make sure Bash go to bed because he was having a tantrum that night. Anything I needed, they were there and supported for me. So five years later after his diagnosis, I started One Blue Heart at a time, and then it's all history from there. Yeah. So let me ask you something, and this may be personal. How was dealing with social media... So being a mom, right, and doing what you did at the time, right? Because now that's it's it was normalized. But you guys were like, from what I remember, social media was new, right? So you guys were like the first ones to really be, your name was Sexy Steffi or is Sexy Steffi on Instagram, you know? So, and and yeah. that's not, I'm not here trying to, because y'all see my Instagram, I'd be out here, right? But yeah. at the time, y'all were really the first ones to do it. So then also have a kid with autism. How did you balance or how did you? Because I feel like people, when they see a mom, it's like, oh, my God, she has to be prim and proper and soccer yeah. mom. You know, how did you balance that? 
So when I first started One Blue Heart at a Time, a lot of people advised me, like, you know, you can't do be do. I, I think I posted about that the other day. You can't do certain photo shoots no more. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. You know, you can't show up turning up because the autism community is not going to take you seriously, right? Right. And, you know, I, we don't, I've toned it down a little bit. I am a mom of a 14 year old and I tone it down because of my own upbringing and I am older now. So it's not the same thing in my twenties running around, you know, whatever. So as we mature, but I'm still like, I still want to make it okay to be sexy. I still want to make it okay to be able to have a margarita on a Tuesday if you want to. I still, Mm -hmm. because that is real life. I'm not going to sit here and pretend for you guys that I did as much as they want to belittle the bartending job because of certain people or whatever people want to perceive from Instagram. It really helped me survive autism with my son because Mm -hmm. I had a good team and good people behind me. So let's not judge because I know a lot of nine to five moms who have 100k careers that their co-workers won't even invite them to a birthday party because they feel like the autism is going to be a certain way Mm -hmm. so please with the judgmental shit it's not it you know and and i want to be clear of that there are awful people that wear that go to church every sunday there are and they're the worst people in the world Mm -hmm. so with that being said um the love and support was always great. I think I lost a lot of my male following <laughs> once I started growing up, like, um, you know, covering up more and like, yeah. but you know, like the little twerking and the little stuff, I try to keep that to a minimum mm-hmm. here and there. Like, if But not to say, that, but this is for Instagram, right? That's not to say, yeah. you, you, please, you're, you're not old, right? Yeah, I'm still I think outside. People, <laughs> <laughs> summer summering, okay? Like, let's be clear. But it's like people assume and this is the thing I always try to tell people. You assume that people do things because of what they post on the Internet or whatever. Or you assume people are a certain type of way or you make the assumptions of people's morals and things like that because of what they post on the Internet. When, like you said, there are people who go to church every Sunday. There are people who don't even have Instagram accounts who are living wrong okay as long as my child is taken care of well as long as I am taken care of and as long as my business is taken care of then whatever I do is really none of your business your free time. correct correct it's not and it's the way and and like I said when you put when you are open about your truth mm-hmm. you have to take yeah yeah I'm already like the negative me revala, like I don't even care. <laughs> it rolls right but, off of you. <laughs> yeah, because you have to be strong minded for that. When you're gonna put your life on social media, you have to be ready for everyone to have an opinion and mm-hmm. that includes negative opinions. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, I live my truth and 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 the people that matter know, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I wanna put out there. And I feel like um yeah, it was a transition. I really had to turn down a little bit, though, for one blue heart at a time because when corporations... <laughs> it's a brand. And- it's branding and things like that. That I understand. I understand yeah, 100%. but I still have my birthday shoots every year. I don't care. <laughs> There's stuff I haven't posted. <laughs> but, you know, I'm definitely more... You know, my name on Instagram, for like she was saying, is sexy steppy, right? Mm-hmm. That was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I love being sexy. I think women are beautiful from all colors, shapes, size. And I feel that that's self-love. That's mm-hmm. my way of projecting self-love. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think no... Being a mother, being a wife, having a kid with a 
diagnosis, non-diagnosis, that shouldn't determine your self-love. That shouldn't determine taking that time out to do something good for yourself. A lot of mm-hmm. moms, I send them, I'm like, yo, take an hour and go do your nails, right? Mm-hmm. When any time that you can, even just that, or sit in a coffee shop and just read like your favorite magazine, your favorite show, like get a, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to, to do take that. a break. It's okay. And another thing I must say, the nightlife saved me from depression, even though I was angry, yeah. because I was so much like glorified all the time, right? right? And like, oh, you know, and looking pretty and having to like do all these things in order to com- my income. Mm-hmm. That was my job, right? Not only to give great service, but to also keep a certain image, and that kept me from going as depressed. When you look good, you feel better from the yeah. inside. That is that is a fact. And I and I spoke on that on that article that I wrote or that excerpt that I wrote, that blog post, I guess I should say. Hear me sounding like a journalist. That blog post that I wrote, um, where I gained seventy pounds after I found out Ethan was diagnosed. Wow. It was it was really a depressing time. You were eating your feelings. I was I was hiding away. I was not going anywhere. I was staying with my kid all the time. And when I would go out, it would be like to get drunk like you know what I'm saying like it was it was a rough time it was a rough time in my life me and his father Ethan was diagnosed two and a half we broke up he was three like it was a rough time and I got you know I'm not gonna say I got through it because I'm not gonna say that again but I I did get through that depression I did and I've and I've conquered that I feel like even though it is a struggle um but just to get back into taking breaks, right? So um, when your kid has autism, right, New York State offers the OPWDD program, right, where you get um, you get Medicaid, essentially, for your kid, where they don't go based on your income. They basically say that they, your kid is separate and it's based off of, quote, unquote, their income, right? Um, so it took forever for me to get that because there are – Learning how to go through all of that is a pain in the ass if you don't have the right Medicaid coordinator, which I didn't, because they also changed all of that, too, because in order to get a Medicaid coordinator, you still have to contact the world. And like, it, it's hard. It's hard, guys. Um, But I did all of that. So finally, about two years ago, we were finally approved and I get a home health aide to come into the house. Right. So that helps me because living in New York City I don't have a a washing machine in my house. So she does my laundry for me. I don't have to take Ethan to the laundromat. You know, like that's, it helps a lot. Amazing. You got a good one. (laughs) Right? Listen, that's the least she could do because she doesn't do anything else. And there's a segment in my podcast, right? And it's called Are You Deadass, right? So I just wanted to, to get into that really quickly just to finish off the episode. But I've had one, um... After COVID, I had one home health aide, right? She was great. This Dominican girl from 207th Street, she just got here like two years ago. Like, she's a godsend, right? Like, you know, and not to say that anybody else is wrong, but when it's someone from your own culture, from my neighborhood, like my grandmother lives on 207th Street, like, it's just different. You know what I'm saying? She has a cariño for Ethan that I can't even explain. Like, she... she. She had surgery, right? So she hasn't been with us for a couple of weeks. And she still texts me all the time. Like, how is he doing? They FaceTime, all of that, right? Like, So I feel comfortable leaving her with my kid, even though I have cameras in the house because I did install cameras once, all of that. So 
once I knew somebody was coming in the house, for me to be able to step outside and do my nails, do my hair, do whatever, like go to the supermarket, I have to feel comfortable leaving my kid with you because he's not going to be able to tell me that anything went wrong, it, that you spoke to him wrong, that you, so you know, hit his hand away, not even bruising or anything like that, just mistreating my kid in his own house, in his sanctuary. You know what I'm saying? That's very important to me. So since she had the surgery, she hasn't been in the house. So I'm not working. So I'm not really pressed about it. You know what I'm saying? I just have to be careful when I do my nails and things like that. It has to be only when he's with his dad or whatever. But mm-hmm. I say all that to say this. I am a very lenient, I don't want to say boss because I don't pay them, but I'm a very lenient client, I your guess son you pays could say, them. right? Your son pays them. Your son, right. I mean, yes, okay. right? That's true. But I'm very lenient. And they get and, paid very well. And they get paid very well, especially since I don't expect you to do that much. But if I tell you to clean my kitchen, why don't you sweep? Why do I have to go in there? Because you're only cleaning the countertops. Like, that shit doesn't make any sense to me. I know for a fact this isn't how you clean your kitchen in your house. I know it's not. There's no way. And if it is? (laughs) So how did you handle it? I had to tell her. Like, I had to show her where the... Like, I literally had to tell her everything step by step what I wanted her to do. Clean this, wash this, dry it, put it away. Like, it was ridiculous. I mean, I haven't had the, a home a home aid like that, so I wouldn't. I, I I've never had that experience, right? But I do have a lady that's like my second mom. She's been taking care of Bash for like five, four or five years now. She sleeps over whenever I have to be out of town if my mom's not available. Liasa Senora, she even massages the Bastion Street, and. Our kids, or at least, yeah, my son. Oh, no, I get it. Right now. They turn for themselves. Mm-hmm. Sebastian, all you really have to is obviously you can be alone. Make sure he eats and remind him to go use the bathroom because he'll de- sit there for five hours and won't pee. That's about it. Mm-hmm. So when she's here, she cleans because she's just sitting down, right? right? But that's somebody I pay out of pocket and sometimes doesn't even want to charge you. She's family now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my one-to-one from became Mr. O, what I did with him, I have no complaints. They do academic once a week, and now the new goal for the summer is twice a week they go to the gym. That's amazing. Sebastian's doing the treadmill. He's paddling, mm-hmm. and he lasts his 30 minutes on the treadmill. That's huge. Yeah. that No, that's amazing. That is I amazing. I'll post some videos. I'll post some more. I think it's on my page. So I don't know how did you handle that. What do you want to do? So this is the new lady or this is someone who's temporary and I'm real not confrontational because to me, it's like, this is extra. I got this service because again, when I was working full time, there's no after school programs for kids. Right. So for a very long time, no good ones. Right. No good ones. So for a very long time, my sister would pick him up from school and stay with him until I would get home from work. But, you know, she's getting older now. She has her own, you know, career, life or whatever. I had to find an alternative. So getting a home health aide was the alternative. Basically, they would come pick him up from the bus and come into the house, which is why I got cameras installed in the apartment and all of that. So when we found a good one, I was very happy. 
But then she had surgery, and it's like, I'm home. I don't really need you, you know. It was really, like you said, just to have a body here with Ethan. When it was... I don't know what he's doing out there. But um, <laughs> when it was... Um, when it was regular times before COVID and Ethan would come home from school. I just really needed you to open the door for him, fix him something to eat after school and sit there until I got home because he yeah. knew where his iPad was. He knew how to turn on the TV. He's just going to yep. sit on the couch or in his bed chilling. He's not going to bother yeah. you. He's really yeah. not. So the fact that I don't need that anymore, but I don't want to get rid of the services because I need them to do my laundry. I try to yeah. give her, you know, how many times no, a week can you do laundry? You know what I'm saying? I try to give her different things to do, but you're still not even no, doing it right. Definitely not get rid of it, but if we're going to take the own advice that we're saying, you have to keep training her until your lady yeah. comes back. Yeah, You have to keep telling her this is what you need to do. And you know what? I will even kind of bribe her a little bit. I'll let you live an hour later earlier if you finish things Girl, the right I, way but this is what i'm saying i already do that so to me and this is me not being oh she's just lazy she's just, she's lazy. just lazy you know what i'm saying like because if it was me if i tell you all you have to do is do this 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 and that and then you can go and i will you still like bro are you kidding me no. i'm gonna get it done and no. i'm gonna do it right not so for me your, going behind your, you like is the lady gonna come after surgery? Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Okay. It's a couple of weeks, so that's How why I'm long? not even like. Yeah, but that's yeah, my so, okay. So you're gonna get you're gonna get your your lady back. I'm, I'm gonna get my lady I was about back. To say, she has to come back so agency. she can help me pack. I'm gonna miss her when I'm gone. That's what I'm gonna miss. <laughs> it's my lady. I know. I I I, I feel you. It's the same thing. I'm the lady that's to see that I call like my second mom. Like she's definitely coming with me. I'm like, listen, I don't know. You gotta come for like three months. And Bash is it's gonna have a whole tribe with him wherever he goes. Because <laughs> at least like when I'm out doing whatever I have to do, at least mm -hmm. she could be there training someone for me, observing mm -hmm. them, like being, you know, shadow showering, shattering her, you mm -hmm, know. So mm -hmm. no, yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, girl. I'm not gonna take so much of your time on this and beautiful you Saturday morning. I know. <laughs> so tell my listeners where they can find you. So you guys, you could to learn more about our mission and our programs and everything that we have done. You could go to one blue heart at a time dot com. That is our website. On Instagram, same thing. One blue heart underscore under each name. Um, and what else do I have? Or oh, one blue heart store and to buy one of our merch, everything that we sell goes to support the swimming program in the Bronx. I take all this money and I start donating scholarships. I think I've done six, 12. I think we've done like about 18. Mm -hmm. Ethan was um, one. Ethan, oh, <laughs> Ethan was one. I love him over there. <laughs> I heard about Ethan. Um, so we do that and. Um, it goes for a weight cost. You could order them and wear them proudly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what else? What else? And that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah. Thank you yes. so much for having me, Steffi. I of really, course. really appreciate it. It was so nice talking to you. There's so Maybe much to talk about, again. right? Yeah. I know. We for could sure. definitely have a part two <laughs> and make sure it's recording. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Because I feel like there were so many gems dropped in that like pre-recording part that we can definitely circle back and have you back on to discuss that as well. I know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Maybe now when you finish, you could kind of go back to it. Maybe it did. Maybe it did it. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
All right, my love. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So everything will be linked down below, all of her information regarding One Blue Heart at a Time. And remember, um, you can follow me, underscore Steffi Kiss, S-T-E-P-H-Y-K-I-S-S, on Instagram. And I will see you next Fine and Thick Friday. Bye, guys. Black.